So I tried to find you. Uh, oh yeah. I don't know if I know who you are. Yeah, uh, comedy-wise, you wouldn't, because I'm nobody. <laughs> well, neither am I. Um, yeah, I couldn't find you on the internet. That's what? Did you just Google my name? I just looked at your name on Facebook and on Instagram. Oh, well, did you see me on Instagram? I didn't know if it was you. There was a lot of you. With the Y-E? Oh, that's so, because my name spelling, it's usually so specific. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I have a website for my therapy practice, so I'm surprised like that didn't show up. I didn't actually Google you, but I don't know what city you're in either, so I have no idea, you know. Oh, I'm in Austin. Austin, sweet. Yes, and you're in uh, Denver? I am in Denver. I'm currently, sorry, I'm looking for my vape. I'm currently technically in Wichita physically at the moment, but I do live in Denver. Okay. I'm at my friend's house. Okay. Is the... <laughs> Her extra room. Is Wichita an enjoyable place to be for you right now? <laughs> uh, enjoyable, no. Less unenjoyable, sure. Okay. Um, but nowhere's really enjoyable. I'm very distracted by how red my face is right now. I think oh. this lighting. It doesn't look that red in real life. That's better. You can still see me. <laughs> I'm not really using the video, so it doesn't matter, but huh. I can't stop staring at myself when <laughs> I'm talking. Yeah. Uh -huh. so I do, because I'm a therapist, and so everything is a video session now. Um, and so it's like I had to get better about just, like, not looking at myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> possible, like, no, pay attention to them. Doesn't matter what's going on with me. Yeah, and I get easily distracted sometimes. I'm like... Oh yeah, sorry. Um, a therapist, huh? Sweet, so I can just get a free sesh here. Exactly. Yeah, just tell me about all your stuff. You know, I'll fix you, obviously, because that's what we can do. We can just fix people like you real can easy. Fix me in like two hours. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it would. It would take more than two hours to explain to you <laughs> what I need fixed. Did you ever see the like meme online where someone like creates basically a PowerPoint presentation to give to their new therapist? Like every time they start, they're like, okay, here's my life story. Like, let's just hit the ground running. Okay. Oh, here's yeah. all fucked up about me. Can we move along? <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Cause that's why I haven't gone to a therapist. It's exhausting. Yeah. I've, I'm with you too. Cause it's just like, Oh, now I have to just like give you a backstory and I want you to understand me fully so I can speak freely and like this can just start working, you know? And it's, so I, I feel you. It's the same reason why dating's exhausting. Oh. <laughs> At 42, I got a lot of baggage. I have a lot of story. I yeah. lived a interesting, we'll say life. We'll say interesting life, <laughs> I think. I've been a different person every three or four years. So I've lived multiple lives, I feel like. So, uh... Yeah, that takes forever. Maybe I should make a PowerPoint to send people before our first date. Exactly, because they won't be terrified at all. They'll just be like, I love it. She's so thorough. This is going to be fun, light, and easy. You know, that's what they'll think. <laughs> well, you know, they might as well know from the get-go what they're getting I and decide if they can handle it, you know? I, I agree. I, for a period of time, so I am single 
still currently, but like a few years ago, another single phase when I was like online dating and going on like too many dates and where I like couldn't keep track. So I had a spreadsheet where I would track which outfit I wore on the date with that person of like first date jeans and this shirt, whatever. And then I would like remember, like write down facts about them, like one sibling or that like, yeah, I talked about sports with it or like whatever, because I would get confused on what I was supposed to know about someone and what I wore. I, uh, yeah. And I also partake in marijuana a lot. So, um, I forget what I've said. Yeah. I was on a date with a guy on our first date and I had, I mixed up his parents with another dude. Oh, I hate that. (laughs) And he was talking about his dad. He didn't know, but he was talking about his dad. And I was like, I thought this dude's dad was dead. Exactly. <laughs> Wait, which dude was that? Which dude's dad's dead? Shit. I don't remember. And because I have some questions that I ask people. I do. I, I, I mean, it's not that they don't get a clue as to how much I am from the get go. How much you know, I, I love that. Yes, because I have questions for them. Um, one is uh, Have you ever been? Um, to prison or jail Mm -hmm. and why if yes Um, do you now have or ever have you had an addiction or issue with hard drugs or alcohol Uh, do you have a mental illness that is untreated (laughs) Um, treated is fine I have mental illness I treat it you know do you have um, deep-rooted childhood trauma that you have not worked through or have no desire to deal with? Mm-hmm. Uh, and do you have any lasting damage from a past relationship that you have not worked through or dealt with? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, those are all great questions. Those, those are, are first-date questions. That's that's what I feel too. And it's so annoying that like we have to regulate ourselves so that people aren't like, Oh wow. That yeah, she's too much. Or why, why do we have to know all the stuff? But it's just like, cause let's just get this out of the way. It's not about being like invasive or like coming on too strong. It's like, cause I don't want to talk to you for another five minutes. If this stuff isn't like <laughs> understood, like let's not waste our time. Yeah. If your damage doesn't match with my damage, like we shouldn't be doing this. So <laughs> I'm not a young person anymore and I know what I want and what I'm going to deal with. And I ain't just out there fucking around, um, trying to get laid, uh, you know, and, and these things matter to me. So let's, let's get them out of the way. Let's talk about religion. Let's talk about politics. Let's talk about those things. Let's, let's talk about the things that for me are, deal breakers let's just get the deal breakers out there what are your deal breakers tell me yours it's fine Mm -hmm. i'm receptive tell me your deal breakers and i will tell you the truth you know like if they share a story with me about their ex and they're like man my ex used to do this and she drives me crazy some people don't want to talk about their exes but i'm like tell me all about your relationship why it failed yeah i want to hear all of it because Yeah, there's been times when they're like, my ex used to do X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, whoo, you're going to hate me. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, we better just go ahead and pump the brakes. 
you're going to hate me someday. Um, I'd rather walk away now. Yeah. Dating sucks as a therapist too. So I'm, what am I? 33. So I'll be 34 in a couple months, but it's like, um, yeah, there's a lot of garbage out there for one. I like to consider myself not part of that pile of garbage that's still single. But, uh, when people know I'm a therapist, like I still can't tell if it's what I invite in just something about my personality and energy that brings these people. Or if me being a therapist makes people think they should share stuff they shouldn't share. Um, cause I mean, it is good if someone's messed up in a way I can't deal with, like it helps to know, but I have a lot of guys reveal like too much too early on of just like how, um, you know, horribly depressed they are. They were just recently suicidal or, um, yeah, just parental trauma and damage, but like out of the gate in a way where I'm like, I don't even know like what your job is yet. You know what I mean? Like we haven't yeah. stopped anything and they're just like, here's everything. Cause I think, I think guys assume like, oh, she's a therapist. That means she's, um, like more okay with all these things we don't share with other people. She won't judge me. She's open to that. And it's like, no, I'm still judging you. Like this, <laughs> you, you can't just like tell me all this stuff and maybe like, that's cute. Oh, what's that? You don't have access to your emotions. Cool. It's like, no, like you're no, it doesn't work well. But yeah, I feel like I hear a lot of stuff that I'm just like, these men, they shouldn't feel so comfortable sharing sometimes. Yeah. I think that, yeah, I could see that, that they would share too much. Like before you've even met in person, I just, bleh. But it's like in person, it's like it gets unleashed a little bit. But again, yeah. I might be drawn to a certain type. I mean, I don't know. I'm still trying to sort through why I have not manifested the things that I want in this world. So, <laughs> well, my, um, what was I going to say? The, the, um, men are stupid. Um, yes. I had something more elegant to say <laughs> than that. But they, uh, my questions happen on like the first date when we meet in person. So it's not like there's conversation before that, you know, if they make it, if they even make it to meeting me in person, which <laughs> most of them do not make it to meeting me in person. Mm -hmm. Then I ask those questions. If yeah. I haven't already gleaned that information from our chats, mm -hmm. but, um, I just, I try to make it as apparent to people <laughs> that I'm not trying just to get laid, but yeah, I'm done with online dating. <sighs> I quit in January Good. and I was fine until this, you know, I just got bored mm -hmm. sitting at home and I thought naively, um, willfully ignorant maybe yeah. uh, that if uh, maybe there would actually be people on there that wanted to talk to me and get mm -hmm. to know me since we can't meet yeah yeah <laughs> um, no they just want to smash immediately still <laughs> and more of them i don't know what's happening to men in 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 quarantine yeah. it's not like these men were getting laid every other day in normal times what what why are they so fucking horny now i don't get it yeah it's like i gotta get laid dude you haven't been laid in six months the quarantine has yeah. been going for six weeks why are you so desperately in need of it now <laughs> it makes sense um yeah men are freaking just giant balls of testosterone at the moment for some like yeah. 
they're bad. I can't. Mm. So no. I'm not on it anymore. It was obnoxious. No, I hate online dating. I mean, that's everyone hates it, but it's like, yeah, I had to stop and like intentionally not date for a long time now. Like it just, I don't function well in that environment of like trying to manage multiple people in conversations and I give people chances and I'm like, it's not good for my mental health to be mm -hmm. spread out so much that I'm prioritizing like, what does this person think of me and who do I, I don't know. It just gets to be too much for me. And then I like fall apart internally and I'm all chaotic. And so it's like, I just can't handle these like multiple things happening and the ups and downs of it. And I feel like with online dating, it's like every time you go back to it, you're like, I fucking, oh, I hate this, but maybe. And it's like, it's like you're going back to read a book you hate, hoping the ending has changed, <laughs> but it's like, it hasn't. That's the same book ends the same way. 14 years I did it, um, mostly. And I thought it would be better when I moved to Denver, right? Because I did most of it here in Wichita. Uh -huh. I thought surely in Denver, yeah, there's better people you know, and no, it's, no. <laughs> it's just the same five assholes in different packages. Yeah. Um, ugh. so it's probably the same in Austin, I imagine, like, seems like there should be opportunity, but there's, I don't know. I mean, maybe if I was like in my twenties, early twenties, it would feel a bit different, but I don't know this age group. It's like, whatever's left, it doesn't feel like a good batch. Oh my God, they're so awful, especially your age. Cause yeah. I look, I'm open to like 30 to like 40. Cause we, yeah, we're 33. So I mean like I, I'll, I'll do an age range, but. I'm like 30 to 45 and I'm only 42. I, I mean, I'll go higher <laughs> than that, but they gotta be special. Yeah. <laughs> um, if I'm gonna date a dude that's 50, they gotta be special. Um, <laughs> Because it, it's not even that I care about their looks or something when they get out old. It's just that most men that age are freaking not woke at all in their, their misogynistic, like deep rooted, yeah, like micro misogyny. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not like, you know, they're like, yeah, I support women, but you know, there's, you know what I mean? Like just, yeah, yeah. just small things that annoy me. Um, but you know, I figure after 30 men are pretty, their personality is pretty set barring yeah. some huge event and they mature to about 30. So why deal with old balls? <laughs> That's the title of your memoir. Why deal with old balls? Old balls. <laughs> um, dudes online get, I've had some dudes get real upset about me talking about old balls. <laughs> There's a lot of, flesh to deal with you know the surface area really expands what about saggy tits i'm like these saggy tits once looked good <laughs> and had a fun purpose and uh you know functional and fun boobs are functional and fun yeah. <laughs> balls are never good <laughs> they're always ugly sure they're functional but they're not very fun it's not fun Exactly. I mean, they're meant to be hid away, right? Boobs, it's like people try and keep those out plenty of times. Well, yeah. you never try and put those on display. Yeah. Not even at the prime. Balls. <laughs> but anyway, we should probably talk about art of comedy stuff. Yes. I'm really interested to talk to you since you are a therapist and you have that side of things. It's mm -hmm. really, these interviews are 
more like, cause I can't have, I don't have students to put out there to use as examples of how people should donate to the nonprofit because this works. So I'm just interviewing, you know, the female comedians and saying, you know, getting how comedy has helped them. Yeah. Just, you know, it's kind of like back up to my theories. I have theories about how comedy has helped me, about how I think it can help other people. Um, but just, you know, it's, it's just like research for my theories about comedy and improv being able to help people with in a therapeutic way. Um, so are you, first, are you familiar with what the nonprofit is doing? Yeah, I kind of looked a little bit and I know you're putting, is it this summer you're trying to do like a festival too, right? And so yeah. it, it seems like it is to help women and people that wouldn't have the opportunity to normally pursue comedy in some way. It's like, they don't even need to want to pursue it. Like, oh, I'm going to be a comedian, but to just have access to a medium that can provide them some sort of healing power growth, you know, tapping into whatever their specific need might be. And so it seems like it's, you know, getting money to help support these people being able to like take classes or, you know, pursue all yeah. of that for their own like personal growth benefit. Yeah. Just paying, paying for their classes basically. Um, and then recruiting teachers in areas where there aren't. Yeah. So then that's also giving an income to that comedian um, and, and helping people. I'd like to eventually go into prisons would be cool. Ooh, nice. Um, I don't know. I know that's probably a lot of red tape and stuff. I don't know how to navigate that, but I'll figure it out or find someone who does know. Um, yeah, women, the LGBTQIA community, troubled youth, catch them early. Um, yeah, I mean, and I do, I do feel like there will be comedians made from this. It's certainly not the goal that they pursue comedy, but it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, because they're going to get the bug, they're going to get bit, and they're going <laughs> to need to do it. Um, how long, what is your comedy story? How long have you been doing it? And how'd you get started? And what led you to it? Yeah, I, um, I don't know. Part of me is like, well, I don't have one because I'm so like, premature to this, but that also there is a story, just it never um, was like, out in the open, like comedy has always been the most important thing to me, even before I knew that it was, you know, and so I've loved it since like, childhood. And, um, and always, like, didn't really want to pursue it was like, Oh, that'd be awesome. Like, I, you know, envied them thought it was just um, like, where true philosophy uh, and wisdom was in this world. And so just always watched it. And then about like, seven years ago, or so I started keeping a note of like, bit ideas, you know, just for this like outlet of like, you know, if I ever did, but I was always too much of like a pussy about it because of stage fright. Like I'm a very um, open person. Like I have a big personality. So I, I was never the type where it's like, I'm just too shy and reserved and I don't have anything to say. It was like, no, I'm out there, but like literally performing on stage, I'm going to fucking panic. So I guess I'm not able to do this. And so for years I'd have like, my goal for that year is I'm going to do an open mic. Like I'm going to do it. And then I just like wouldn't because I'd get too nervous. And so I kind of had like little jokes that I'd been writing for years and years. And then finally last year I got whatever re-inspiration. I think it's, I'd had multiple years of like, I don't like my life. Like things are fine enough, you know, but it's like, I want to like tap into who I am more 
and put it out there. If I'm, if I'm not getting what I want and I'm not being fully myself, like mine as well be fully myself <laughs> at least, you know? And so it, that kind of mentality pushed me a bit more. And so I started looking online of like, are there classes for stand up? Because I just know I, if it's up to me, I'm going to back out because I'm too scared. But I'm like, if I pay money and do this, then I'm trapped in it. And I, I will do things if there's an expectation, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, and I, to be fair, I did do improv like two years ago, but that to me doesn't count. That's a different genre. That's more of like, get out of your comfort zone, you know? So I'm not a fan of improv performing it um, because I'm, I don't know, too narcissistic, whatever my dysfunction is that's fine. Uh, so I did that and it was like, okay, cool. But, um, I really want to do stand up. And like, luckily Austin, there's a place called the institution theater. It's a small little place and they had stand up classes, like a six week stand up course, which I just had never seen before. It's always improv. And so I signed up and that started in like February this year. And so, and then we had our like six week class and then our student showcase in mid March, our performance was like, the day before they like closed down everything. So I'm like, Oh, thank God I got to like actually do the show and everything. So, so that's kind of been where I'm at. So basically pre quarantine, I did my student showcase. So I did that set and that went really well. That was very fun, exciting. Cause like you get a big crowd. So it's not a typical comedy experience for someone starting out to have like 60 people jammed in a room, like, like crying at your jokes. It's like, no one gets that as an intro. <laughs> so that was, a great luxury. Um, and then I'd done an open mic like the week before to be like, get the nerves out. And it was horrible. Like no one laughed at a single thing. I bombed and it was, it sucked. And then it felt really empowering. Cause I'm like, you can't hurt me. Like you all yeah. hate me currently. So fuck it. Like then I, yeah. So uh, that's my stage experience is only two times, but now I'm still like writing stuff and trying to prepare so that I stay on the scene whenever all this is done. And I'm like out there at open mics trying to like keep up with stuff. So that's right. Yeah, no, uh, it's great that you're, you're new, especially since you went through a class. Um, so I know that a lot of people got started in comedy at like low points in their life. Um, but what is, what is comedy? How has it helped you to, to, to perform? Yeah, well, so I, yeah, I feel like for, yeah, people. Even just to go through the class, yeah. Like, what was it like to go through the class? Go through the class and perform, like, how has it, like, been beneficial? Yeah, because I'd say, like, there's the benefit of, like, comedy as an art form. Like, that's where, that's been the most impactful part and part of my, like, journey that, um, I don't know, I find most, like, interesting. And then, yeah, the class itself, it... For me, my biggest need was it facilitated a space where I was held accountable for doing a thing that mattered to me. Like that was my greatest need. Maybe for some people there was, um, they wanted more like input on how to write jokes or, you know, like the development of it. And I, not that I don't still need that, but I, I felt like it was more of just um, the, the doing it and having a space for it that was the need that had to be met for me. And so that was good. Um, and it, it makes it real. Cause it's one thing for anyone who's like, Oh, maybe I want to do comedy. You have some ideas. It seems funny. And then you say it out loud and you're like, okay, so that didn't go over, uh, how I thought it would, you know? And then, um, I go into a ball of complete shame and embarrassment and like, Oh, this thing that matters so much to me, 
correct. I am a failure. I'll never succeed. You know, and then you have that like cool little moment in front of everyone um, and then act like you're fine. Uh, but then you get over it, you know, and you're like, oh, no, this is good feedback. I'm going to keep working on it. And then you get to watch yourself grow and develop. And it's like you have a joke that starts out funny in your head, isn't funny in real life. And then all of a sudden now it's become this thing that has been given attention and can be really special and, and good, you know. And so it, it just even the writing part, like you get to develop it so much more than if you were just like, if my original plan was like, I'll just do an open mic. It's like, sure, that would have worked, but like it probably would have taken me way longer to hone different jokes too, because what I'm going up for a couple minutes to an audience who doesn't care what I have to say and trying to like tweak and figure out like, well, they didn't laugh. Is that because they suck as an audience or because I suck with my joke? But in a class, it's like, oh no, people are there to help you. So you get to really like work on something and develop it. And so I feel like it just expedites that learning process too. Um, yeah, and it, it was just great to perform eventually in a safe space so that you just get more comfortable on stage. Um, and then, you know, it gets easier after the class. And so having that environment, just be really supportive. Yeah, sure. And I know like the class that's being taught in Denver at Voodoo Comedy, she does, she teaches a lot of, um, just business stuff, like how to, you know, how mics work in Denver and how, you know, just etiquette and things like that, that you don't know if mm -hmm. nobody tells you, mm -hmm. you know, like put the mic stand away. Yeah. Yeah. How to hold the microphone so people can hear you. Um, mm -hmm. Just little things like that, that you don't notice. But yeah, I've, the, the, the people I've seen come out of the class have amazing stage presence already. Um, I'd say she saved them maybe six months to a year of yeah. hitting mics and figuring that stuff out on their own. For sure. It was definitely worth whatever they paid for it. Yeah. No, I feel that way too. Like that, I don't know. I feel like there could be, not judgment, maybe this is just some shit I read on Reddit. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt, but it's almost like that a class is like a cop out again maybe this isn't a popular opinion or something like you're not earning it like you're you're being like the baby version of like I guess I'll go to a class and see and it's like yeah there oh, is no. like it, there is a population of the comedy community that thinks that way but they're mostly from what I've seen older comedians and stuff that are just um, bitter and don't want other people to like <laughs> have it easier or have a you know more no, you have to go through all the pain and suffering I went through and pay your dues, um, which is the only art form that gets told that is Stan. Um, yeah. Actors take classes. Every other realm of entertainment totally. takes classes. Uh -huh. And they're like, you can't teach someone to be funny. I'm like, you're not teaching someone to be funny. Um, either they have, either they're funny or they're not. They have talent. You can't teach talent, but there's a lot of things you can teach uh -huh. um, that you, that, that everybody as a comic learns if they're successful at all. Mm -hmm. And they're just, yeah, they just want you to learn it on your own like they did. Yeah. And it's not like you don't still have to go through hell. I mean, I'm not on the other end of it yet since technically class ended, I performed and now I've had no opportunity, but it's like, you still, nothing about comedy seems easy, right? It's not like you have some big advantage, like, Oh, you did a class and now, now you just get to do whatever you want. It's like, no, I've got to go to the same place as everyone else is at and struggle my way through it. But 
like you said, I really do feel like it expedited a process that, yeah, maybe I could have learned all this stuff, but it would have been so drawn out. And there would have been so many like emotionally destabilizing moments along the way of, you know, the rejection of like not doing well at a mic or comparing yourself to a lot of other people. Just there's too many variables that you could have gotten more down on yourself and it would require just like, I don't know, like, not that grit isn't good, but just an unnecessary amount of grit to be like, keep at it, even though I don't know if I'm getting good, bad feedback. I don't know what I'm doing, but I guess I'm supposed to just pursue my passion. It's like, oh no, the class is so great. Cause yeah, you just, you get so much in a short period of time. And it, I think it reaffirms for people too. Like, oh yeah, I like this or, oh, I don't like this. And they have clarity. I feel like without the class, maybe there's people that are in this fog of like, do I like it? Do I not like it? Like they can't tell because the feedback they get and the places they go are so inconsistent that they don't know where they're at within all the inconsistency yeah. of the environment. And so the class like really just lets you know, like, is this fun for me <laughs> even? For like, I think especially for women and people in the queer community, um, I'm sorry if queer offends anybody in that community, but it's the quickest and easiest way for me to say LGBTQIA. Um, so in that community, it's hard because, uh, you know, it's a cisgender male dominant, straight male dominant art form. And so when you're going to a mic, there's few people like you there that you can connect with and feel yep. safe with and know you're not just, you know, you're walking into a room full of people not like you and it can be scary and it can be dangerous um, in certain areas. And so it can be an extra level of intimidation on top of already being intimidated to get up there and do it anyway. Yeah. So I think like the classes help for sure help with that. At least people know or know what to expect when they're walking in that room. And also, at least in Denver, they've, you know, now they have friends, comedy friends to walk into that room with that they yeah. already know and um, can feel safe with. So I think there, you know, a lot of, a lot of the people that are down on comedy classes are not in those communities. You know, they're, yeah, they're a bunch of dudes that are like, just go in there, man up. Um, and you know, there's a different path for everybody. It's an art form and artists all have their own path. I, it's not that I didn't study anything. I, there was no class options here. There was barely a comedy scene in Wichita um, to get started in period. But I just listened to a lot of podcasts that were done by comedians that I respected um, for the purpose of getting, you know, advice and information out there uh, comedy works in Denver, which is still on there. You should listen to it. It's a really good podcast. Um, it talks a lot about their process, but it's the, the owner of comedy works and she gives some great advice and it's a older pro comedian. And it's just, it's a really, it's a really good podcast to listen to, um, for advice. And then Anthony Crawford has, um, I always forget his podcast name. I'm trying to list. I'm trying to hear the intro in my head. Um, talk and shop. Talk and shop is another one. Um, it's giving advice that may be above your level, but I just pay attention to what comedians that are at a level above me are doing. Hmm. 
too. But um, I was never afraid to walk in. I wasn't intimidated by walking into a room full of men or the other issues that I know other people in my, you know, communities have as a woman and a queer person. But that, I know that's just me. Just because I'm comfortable, I know that a lot of people aren't. So just mm -hmm. because I am doesn't mean everybody should be because everybody's yeah. freaking different. Exactly. <laughs> no, it's so funny too about like, yeah, walking in. I'm so glad I was in the class because when I've, I've been to plenty of open mics, like I truly a like lover and student of comedy always. And yeah, for one, I love the class because to me, I take comedy very seriously and not in a um, anxious, stressed way, but just like it's, it's important to me. And so I love the idea of classes being there because it is a way to be like, no, like deconstruct this stuff. Like, let's go at it, you know, like really work on this. So um, classes are great for that. But yeah, when I went to the one open mic to perform, it's like, I think there were two other girls there. It was like 27 of us on the list. It's a, a whole club, right? Like a scene that I'm not a part of. Everyone's friends, whatever. There's like a couple girls and I'm just like there, just like, what is the, you know? And so like, thank goodness I'd been in the class to have a little bit of confidence in myself already being there, even though no one knew me, cared about me. I did horribly. I mean, I think I did fine. No one laughed at anyone's jokes, so I don't care that I bombed. Yeah, yeah. Well, open mics a lot of times are just comedians, and it's not that they don't care. It's just they're already, in, they're in their own head about their stuff yeah. that they're going to yeah. do. And Exactly. There was like a few, it was like an audience of like six of people that probably were like, why is comedy happening? You know, but, um, but yeah, so the class, oh shit, what was I saying? Sorry. Oh no, it was about, <laughs> it was so funny when I started the class, showed up in February, it was all women and like two men in our class. And I was like, that is so fucking indicative. I mean, this is me getting a little gender typed here, but I was like, that's about right because the male ego will be like, you know what? I'm fucking funny. People want to hear what I have to say. I don't need to practice or check in about like, am I talented? I'm going to do this and I'm going to own it. Right. And then you've got all, all us women who are like, Hey, I'd like to do a good job with this. Maybe I want to listen to people that know what they're doing, develop this and then go out and perform. And so it was just, it really like highlighted that because I've had a few times where when I told guys, I'm like, dating him or talking or something that like this was before I performed of like yeah I really love stand-up comedy you know one day I'd like to perform I've had guys literally be like oh yeah I bet I could do that and then they like go do that and then like feel confident about themselves even though they're not great it was, I don't know it's just this frustrating gender thing where I'm like just the arrogance a little bit sometimes of people being like yeah they want to hear what I have to say I'm not going to work on being good at it or sharing like well done comedy I'm just going to talk and I matter enough that the world deserves me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Whenever I hear a man has taken a comedy class, I immediately respect him more as a comic. Right. <laughs> um, and I, I immediately feel like he's a good dude. Yeah. Like, yeah, there are some, cause there's a comedy, there's actually a comedy class at the community college that's taught by a comedian named Chuck Roy. Um, where I'll also send students to if they want that environment and three college credits for it. Um, you know, cause I don't want to limit them to, you know, I want to give them options of places to go. Um, yeah. And so I know some comedians that went through that class 
Um, and I didn't know they went through a class, you know, in, until I'd known them for a while and it, it didn't seem to have any long-term, they're funny and they're talented. And, um, I've never really discussed with them because they're dudes about what they got out of the class or anything, but, um, it immediately made me feel like they were just better dudes in general. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like they're respecting the art of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and they're not, not arrogant enough to think that they can just do exactly. it. Yeah. And that's not to say like, it's bad, you know, like I'm not even like class is the right way. Anyone who doesn't, they're arrogant, you know, but it's, yes. kind of, it's I like, didn't do classes, but I was arrogant. <laughs> I, <laughs> I already had it, but that's me. <laughs> I am a little bit dude. Um, you know, I'm gender fluid, so I do have some male tendencies. Yeah. If I had the balls to be on stage, I would have done it, but I've, like, I, I feel like I'm a performer. Like, my soul is supposed to perform in this world, but then some fucking neuroses got in the way that, like, has no place anymore in my life. Like, I have no reason to be anxious or afraid to perform. Like, yeah. rationally, I'm afraid of nothing. Like, I've worked through my issues in that way. Like, I literally don't have an issue with it, but, like, my nervous system is like, too bad. We're going to keep you locked in this state of uh, terror for no fucking reason. Yes. And so it's like so annoying because I'm like, oh, but I need to be free. I want to. And so uh, <laughs> I wish I didn't have that like physiological response of anxiety to the stage because yeah. then I would have just like, yeah, not taken a class probably. But I am so glad I ended up getting to take a class because I do think it it just helped me. If like, there had been a class here for me to take, I would have taken it. Um and I could afford it, I would have taken a class. There just wasn't, that option wasn't there for me. Yeah. I don't think it's for a lot of people. Like, honestly, I looked for years and it was only improv and I'm in Austin, like Denver, similar city. Like this is a big enough city. There's comedy in Austin that like, if there's going to be a class, you'd think the city would have it. And so like the fact that it was even hard to find in a big enough city, I think speaks to the fact that like stand up classes just aren't a thing, you know, like yeah. well, I to the class. Yeah. Well, and I, and I love that, that mission. Cause I mean, yeah, I feel like whether someone again pursues comedy or not as like a path, just like comedy itself is such a powerful thing that at least for me, that it's like the more someone can connect with that world or that part of themselves. I don't know. I just feel like it is so good <laughs> sounding very basic with my terms here, but oh, just yeah. like, but yeah, as a, as a therapist, you know, um, do you think that there are, you know, clients, I know people whose therapists did suggest that they try stand up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know if they express an interest in it during their sessions or something, but, um, cause I know a lot of like the Wichita Area Sexual Assault Center and all that they're working with victims, um, survivors to um with all sorts of things yoga and art and writing and they were like yeah definitely it would be great to have just one more tool that we could suggest for people Mm -hmm. you know who it might work for um yeah so just like the psychological you know put on your little your your therapist hat yeah and just from that perspective, like, what do you think, like, the classes give people, even if they never do anything beyond the class? Yeah, I don't, I mean, I really think it 
it depends on each person and what they're most needing in general in life, you know, cause maybe like comedy could not be beneficial for someone if that's just like not even where their needs are. Like, like if they're going to just spiral into a place of like comparison more, you know, like I wouldn't encourage someone who doesn't have an interest in comedy and yeah. it's just gonna, you know, so it's like, I don't see it as a cure all for everyone, but I think if people have needs that line up also with, um, an enjoyment of comedy that it can work. Like for some people, like you're saying, if it's sexual assault survivors, like, um, like comedy is a place to have a voice. And so if there's people that don't feel they've had a voice and they want to be heard, like it's one way to do that. Um, you know, for me, I never needed a voice. I just needed a home. I've always felt a strong lack of belonging and isolation in this world. And, um, like, I don't make sense to the world. Like I'm not weird enough that I'm like a very obvious like outsider. Like I'm passable enough. I can connect with people. I'm likable enough. But then there hits this wall where I'm like, oh, and now my alien form has taken over and some disconnect happens. And I guess I truly am alone in this world forever. Like, <laughs> and so for me, that's what comedy has done is like, it's the place to be understood. It's when I watch comedy, I get to feel like I belong in this world. When I perform, I get to help other people feel like they belong in this world. And so, like, if there are people like that, you know, that just, like, long for that connection, even, I feel like comedy's a good path as well. It's not like you're just going to win follow. I mean, it, it cannot be fun, too, if you suck at it. It's yeah. not like, but it's still, it's, um, I don't know, it's a, it's a way to share your inner workings. And to have other people hear that, I think, is so special. And yeah, it can just give you a place in this world that you don't feel you have anywhere else. And hearing other people, if it's part of a class, like it just builds this feeling of community and belonging, I think that so many people lack. And so like, for me, that's the strongest healing power of it. And I think um, there's a lot of people that feel very alone and not in a like, oh, I'm lonely day to day, but just like existentially, like I am alone, <laughs> you know? And, and so I think in that way, it's a great outlet. Um, I think there's, it can be good for people if they're just like a little uncomfortable in their skin, but they have that little bit of bravery in them to be like, I want to challenge that part of myself. You know, like it may be terrifying. I don't know how it's going to go, but like, there's a little bit of willingness. I think it's a, a cool thing too, for them to do comedy, you know, cause it's like, I don't know, it's an intense entry into like owning yourself yes. <laughs> on stage. And so it, it kind of throws you into that space to like, to do it. There's, there's something so confrontational about comedy that I think is helpful too, because I think there's all these gradual things we can do as people to work through stuff or if it's anxiety or whatever else, like you can do these little things like small habits or building relationships, but like with comedy, it's kind of an all in <laughs> when you start working on performing. And so um, it can flood you with discomfort, but also flood you with all the opportunities to like lean into it and like get into the shit like in a condensed period of time because you're just like doing it and you're like well fuck here it is yeah <laughs> so i like that um intensity of it as well i think that um yeah i think that also once you get into comedy you haven't really gotten to get to this point yet um and you start going to the mics and you start hanging out with the other comedians at least at mics 
Uh, I don't really do a lot of socialization, socializing with comedians outside of comedy stuff, but um, that's just because I'm busy doing comedy stuff. But um, yeah, there's a sense of community there too, like off stage that yeah. it is great because, um, you know, you, you feel like a freak sometimes and then you meet all these other people that are also freaks Mm -hmm. brain works kind of like yours does and you don't feel yeah you feel like this huge sense of community yeah and like you're part of something bigger um than just the average person that was me I always felt like I couldn't really put my finger on it but I felt like I was just meant to do something more than yes. than you know, work a job and, and I was a mom and I thought that was going to be my thing. And I loved being a mom and I, you know, I loved, and my kids are mostly grownish. My youngest is 18. So I loved being a mom and everything, but it still felt like something was missing. Like there was something more I was supposed to be doing. And when I was younger, before I had kids, I thought I was going to be a writer and like a journalist. Um, I was really into Hunter S. Thompson and I thought that was going to be it, but then it, it just didn't, I tried to write and stuff and I just didn't work. And then um, my little brother started comedy. And when I went up for the first time at my first open mic, um, I did really well and I came down and I was like a different person. I was like, this yeah. is it. This is, this is my one true love that I have been looking for my entire life. And that has that satisfaction with having that, has really spilled over into every other area because I had this hole I was trying to fill with uh, men or dating or love or sex or uh, material things um, mm. that is filled by comedy. And it was, it was comedy that needed to go in that hole. And, <laughs> and so it has... Um, it's not a cock-sized hole. It's a comedy-sized no, hole that you comedy have. hole. <laughs> hole in my heart. You know, that dick can't feel um, sex, no amount of orgasms um, by given to me by anyone. Um, but yeah, and so like just the satisfaction of it's really, really helped me when it comes to dating and stuff. Um, and when I'm looking for a job and things like that, because I turn jobs down. It's not that I you know, cause comedy, it's like, it's going to interfere with my comedy and yeah. it's not worth it to me to interfere with my comedy. Um, and so, yeah, like, no, that job's going to be too stressful, too much responsibility. I don't want it. I don't care how much it pays me because there's no way I'll have any energy for comedy if I do that. And, um, same with dating. If I'm dating somebody and they're stressing me out, um, and distracting me from comedy, um, they got to go, you know, and, uh, yeah, I can't. And I also just have so much more self-worth than I did four years ago. Um, and I really started it at a, I used to have a lot of self-worth like as a teenager and when I was younger and then that just got eroded away over the years. And then I was in a six year relationship where he just really destroyed all of that too. And, um, yeah, so when I met comedy, I was at a very low, low point. And mm -hmm. so, um, and it immediately had a positive effect. And yeah. immediately, and now I am, um, 
I just don't care if I, I want a relationship. I want to find a partner um, that's gonna, going to be the right fit for me, but they're, they're, they're going to be my side piece to comedy. You know what I mean? Like um, comedy is my one true love and that's yeah. my soulmate. And yeah. anybody else that I date is, is, second to it which sounds really fucking awful well if you're gonna have a codependent relationship better comedy than another substance or toxic person <laughs> but i was telling my friend lynette who really needs to comedy <laughs> that i'm staying with here i'm trying to talk her into it um i was like if you're gonna be codependent be codependent on comedy <laughs> <laughs> no, I love what you're saying, like, and I relate to that and that, um, yeah, I'm not at that stage yet of the community feeling in terms of like, I, you know, I have my class and we still are, um, some of us are meeting, still and connecting during this time online and writing, you know, but it's like, a good scene from what I can tell from people. Yeah, it seems like, but it's like, I know if I'm back out there, like I can see that there is that community, but I, I feel yeah, the greatest sense of belonging in comedy, even though I'm not in the inner world yet, but just, you know, being around it, it's like, this place makes sense. This is what completes me. This is what's always completed me. But I've been too afraid to like fully attach to it out of maybe my own fear too, of like, oh, this thing that I love, what if I'm not as good as I think? I'd rather just be in this limbo state of it being a hypothetical journey <laughs> versus actualizing it and being disappointed. It's like, so finally diving into it, it's like, oh no, this is me being who I was supposed to be. Like, I'm coming home. This is the anchor point that is the right anchor point. Yeah, not a relationship and trying to find love here. If I can accomplish this, like none of those things properly do it. You can't return back to it as like your, your central point, you know? And I feel that with comedy of like, oh yeah, that's the home base that feels healthy and right and congruent with who I am and what I need in this world, you know? Um, I can say that comedy, comedy itself has never hurt me. Um, you know, sometimes the yeah. sets don't go as well as other sets. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's just my mind frame or the way my brain works, but comedy has never made me cry. It's never hurt my feelings. It's never made me sad. If I'm sad, it's because I can't do comedy. Um, but Comedy itself, the art form, has not hurt me. There's comedians that have pissed me off mm -hmm. um, that, yeah, I wouldn't be in contact with if I didn't do comedy. But when I think about comedy and, like, the four years I've been doing it, the, the times that it wasn't good really were still – I still learned from it. And, yeah, and so it's, it's never really done any damage to me. It's only done good for me. Um, and I just love it so much and I miss it. <laughs> I miss my love and I can't really do it. And it's awful, but, um, but yeah, I do. I love it so much. And I just want other people that love it to be able to get into it in the most comfortable way for them to do it. And I know it can help people. I know it can. Yeah. No, I, a hundred percent. And it's like, that's, um, I, I love you saying like, it's never hurt you. It's like, I, um, I'm atheist, like, but this idea of like 
God is like a religion or like a form of spirituality for me, you know, that, uh, sure, you can maybe have complicated relationships with it at certain times or, you know, but it's like, but it is always there. It's always um, part of your journey. It's looking out for you <laughs> some way. And it's, I don't know, it's like a got a life force quality to me. And there's a purity to it. Um, again, not all the elements of it are pure, but like at its core, it feels so pure um, that, yeah, I think it's the healthiest relationship that can be formed. And I know it's maybe weird, like since I'm new to it, who knows, maybe check in in two months and I'm like, eh, it was too brutal. Fuck it. I quit. Like, who fucking knows? But either way, it's like comedy itself. Like that is the most unchangeable entity in my life. And um, yeah, it gives a sense of belonging, of being understood of this thing that I crave that I can't personally find um, in relationships, even friendship. Like I'm just not, I think intimacy is hard for me and comedy is almost like a surrogate intimacy a little bit, <laughs> you know? And so it, for those that um, maybe struggle in the way I do, like I, I long to be close and connected to people and I can be, but it's a very rare few who line up with whatever complicated stuff I've got going on. Um, and so, yeah, it's like, it's just, I've got to work with the fact that I struggle in that way. I don't think I'm going to be able to find um, a group, a partner and anything that will give me that thing I need. But comedy seems to be the one thing that provides that like, depth of understanding, intimate connection in this world, even though it's with a, an idea, you know, a thing versus a person, but it, it feeds that for me. I think that comedy has helped me be more open and vulnerable. Yeah. In my day to day life as mm -hmm. well. Um, That's such a good, and I don't mean to interrupt, but only to highlight too, what you'd asked before about like, put my therapist hat on, like, what are the different, um, you know, beneficial things someone can get and I think uh, people who maybe aren't comfortable with vulnerability, like it's such a great way for them to challenge themselves, like in terms of the type of jokes they say, like some people might not be very uh, personal, right? You know, it's just like funny stuff, but they're not going to talk about themselves. But uh, there's even someone in like my class and I, I love him, but when we were just meeting this week and like going over some joke ideas, he proposed one and it was like the first time he'd said something more personal, like where I got a little bit of his background. I'm like, yeah, do that, keep going. Like, yes, yes, more of that, more of that. Like reveal yourself more, you know, like this is a space to do that. And so it makes me think, you know, for people that maybe want to reveal, but don't know how or hold back, like it's such a cool way to have the space to like use comedy to show parts of yourself which it's like showing it to the world, but also helps you show it to yourself because maybe confronting that part of yourself isn't so comfortable in your own personal relationship with yourself, but having this medium to do it can just open it up so much more than you probably could have on your own or just like talking with friends, right? Some people just don't want to like be vulnerable, but this can be a way that they can like use that skill um, that I think is just super cool for people that, maybe hold back more yeah for sure it's definitely helped me with that like just to get up there and reveal a piece of myself that I feel like people are going to reject and um then they laugh at it and <laughs> I'm yeah. like oh they they did accept that piece of me uh -huh. and just um so so and it just makes me more comfortable just being who I am in everyday life 100%, yes. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and um, 
wrap this up. Yeah. We have a job interview Ooh. via FaceTime. So, but it was really, really good to talk to you. And I'm excited oh. to see what you do in the future for comedy. And you will still like it when you get out there. I can tell you've been, you've been bitten by the bug. Oh, um, <laughs> and Austin is a great scene. It's a very fun, supportive scene um, from the comedians I've met. And like the Denver comedians love going down there. Huh. Um, so I think you're going to go into a, a really good comedy community there in Austin. That's going to be super fun. Um, yeah. So yeah, if you, uh, yeah, like if you're ever going to make it through Denver, I'd love to meet you. I'd like to go to Austin maybe this winter. If things yeah. Happen. No, that'd be awesome. I was thinking about going to Texas this winter, um, mm -hmm. because it's just so crappy in Denver in the winter. So yeah. go well, warm. Yeah, come on down. Still get chilly, but I think better than Denver. Uh, so yeah, come hang out, come do comedy, and yeah. you know, be so cool to connect. Be awesome. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Have a great day. Yeah, bye. Bye.